Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Welcome back to another of our bonus episodes. Now, Catherine, it's almost Christmas time when we go to record this. Yay! Yay. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. The question that I wanted to ask you as we go into the next year is I want to have a little stop, a pause, and reflect back on how do you think in terms of the mass shooting crisis 2022 performed? Do you think we've had strides forward? Or strides backwards, or a mixture of both? That is a good question. Yeah. What do you Um, think took us closer to solving it in 22? Yeah. I'm going to pass on that question and move on to the next. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that to me. (laughs) The shortest bonus episode ever. Exactly. Thanks. Moving on. You know, I think that there are some encouraging things, and I think there are some discouraging things. What did I see in 22 that was discouraging? You know, in the spring, I'm sitting at lunch with the head of the FBI's active shooter program and his little phone goes ping and he gets a message that says they've released the numbers from the year before 2021 on active shooter situations. And the numbers from 2020, the FBI had counted 40 incidents, 40 incidents. And then when I was at lunch, the numbers come out and the number was 61. That was very discouraging. That was very discouraging. Uh, Two years earlier, it was 30 incidents, and now it's 61. It's 100% increase. So very depressing. It's very sad that that these continue, and no matter how many things that we seem to do, it doesn't get the numbers down. But I think that's probably reflective, too, of the temperature in the communities. We're coming off of the pandemic. Politics is just so polarizing in those couple of years. And so I think that's part of it. Hate crimes are on the rise and seem to be the option du jour for resolving problems. And our shooters are younger than we've seen before. And that's problematic. We have more guns in the United States and we have a rising problem with ghost guns, which are the manufactured guns that are privately manufactured and don't have serial numbers on them. So you can't trace them. And we've gone from a concern about hundreds of reports to tens of thousands. But on the other hand... Give us some good news, please. You did ask for a little good news. I'm going to suggest that here's one of the things that I think is good for the future. We had a Supreme Court ruling that actually gun control advocates did not like the results of um, New York pistol case. But I see this as a lawyer that it's good that we had this decision out of the courts. It made it clear what the U.S. Supreme Court believes in terms of the laws of the land for guns. So it always helps to have um, certainty. And so at least we have the decision out of the Supreme Court. What was the actual law? In this case, there are 
constantly laws that are filed saying this violates my Second Amendment right, which we have under the U.S. Constitution. So this case involved a New York City law that said you can't have a concealed carry weapon and carry it out in public unless you can explain what your reason is. And it can't just be because I'll feel better if I have a gun with me. And people challenged that law and the U.S. Supreme Court threw that law out and said that Although states and communities could create some laws that might control where guns are allowed, that was not a permissible excuse for prohibiting somebody from being able to carry a weapon outside their home. Not everybody was thrilled about that, of course, including the law enforcement who now have people walking all over their cities with guns. But the fact that the court articulated that, hey, you can do in sensitive areas, it said, uh, sensitive areas, which it didn't define, you can set up limitations and prohibit guns. So New York City, for example, where does the ball drop on New Year's Eve? Times Square. Times Square is a prohibited area for weapons. The region around the Capitol and the parks here in downtown Washington, they are prohibited regions and sensitive areas, and you can't take guns into those areas. So the courts gave us a decision, and at least that's good. So I'm hopeful for that because I think it will help to give guidance to states and communities on how they can identify sensitive areas where guns might not be allowed or guns are allowed and be, make it more clear to people who carry guns who are constantly conflicted about, am I allowed to carry my gun here and there? Guns make things very complicated here in the States. Hey there, I'm James, host of Dakota Spotlight. We're back with a new season, You Killed Chris, A Friend's Fight for Justice. It's a chilling throwback to 1968. A college freshman, Christine Rothschild, is murdered on campus during her morning walk. Join us as we dive into this unsolved case and follow a friend's relentless pursuit of the truth all the way from the flower power era to today. Find You Killed Chris on your favorite app or at dakotaspotlight.com. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Or maybe you just lost it. Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this, tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything, from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements, or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. The other thing is that in a, an extraordinary, unusual episode of bipartisanship, the U.S. Congress and the president signed into law this past year, right after Uvalde, a law that has a package of items to it. And I think those items 
will be displayed over the next few years. You know, the, the impact of them will be felt. Although I was writing revisions to my book, Stop the Killing, and I described the package this way. I think the package of laws includes a bunch of bricks. And if you put the bricks together, we'll have a wall that will provide a good defense against these types of killings in the future. So let me explain to you what some of those bricks are. There's money to support communities who have red flag laws and communities who don't to encourage them to have them. There's money to enhance states' mental health resources to catch people who are potentially going down a pathway to violence or a pathway to suicide that could also include a pathway to violence. There's money for, geez, just like every little corner that you can think of. That's why I said it's a bunch of little bricks, but there are some bigger pieces that really have to do directly with guns themselves. And probably the most important one is that there was concurrence to require a change in an enhancement in the background checks for people 18 to 21. We've had a disturbing number of 19 and 20-year-olds, right, who show up with one of these rifles that you can kill 100 people in a, in 100 seconds or less. In the last year, we've had kids who turned 18 and went out and bought the guns and then a couple of days later did the shootings. We'll see how the law that has been passed by the Congress and signed by President Biden, Joe Biden, will affect things in the next coming year, particularly with these young shooters. I think that's encouraging that we're trying to be more aggressive about making sure that guns don't go into the hands of a very fragile group of people. As we all know, younger people are much more fragile in terms of their brain development and their impulsivity. And we'd like to, to have them step away from the guns when we can. So if you looked at the year 2022 and it was a school essay, how would you grade 2022's attempts at ending mass shooting? If I was early in the year in 2022, I would be sad. And I have to tell you that this summer was a very tough summer for me to think that I've been working in this area for 10 years, five since I retired. And instead, I'm still working because the shootings are going up and people don't seem to grasp the public is our only hope for stopping the killings. But I'm hopeful as the year ends, the lives that were saved in Colorado Springs by brave people who acted quickly when they were faced with run, hide, or fight. I find that encouraging. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to Community Podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And 
check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it because it will happen and it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. Twenty-four hours ago, I found out the person that I'd been dating and seeing for the last six months as a con man. That is my sister, Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series, and that's when murder, all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real-life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con. Something is creeping in. Don't follow it down. Let me introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. The type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy. And you'd be right. Well, right up until the point... When you're wrong. It was all fictitious. You stole from my son who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. 